Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. In this episode, I talk to Guillaume Mubesh, the founder and CEO of Lemlist, an automated email outreach platform that uses personalized images to get more replies from cold emails. Guillaume was running a B2B lead generation agency in Paris. He was sending out a lot of cold emails on behalf of his clients, and he was getting results but felt he could be doing much better. He knew that highly personalized emails got more replies, but it was really hard to do that at scale. And automated solutions did basic personalization, like replacing the first name or company name. So he started looking around for an automated solution that would help him do advanced things like sending personalized images with each cold email. But he couldn't find what he was looking for. And that's when he realized there might be an opportunity for him to build a software product. He partnered with a couple of developers and they built what Guillaume calls a very ugly beta in about two weeks. And in that first month, they had about 100 people sign up for the product. The product did the job, but the editor and the user interface was almost impossible to use. His users told him they loved the idea, but the product lacked 90% of the features that his competitors had. Around the same time, he got an email from someone at AppSumo who had come across his product and told him that they were interested in doing a promotion in a couple of months. It was a great opportunity, but they knew that they had to make the product much better and had to add more features, and they didn't have much time to do that. A couple of months later, their product was promoted on AppSumo, and in a couple of weeks, they generated around $170,000 in sales, and most people loved the product. In this interview, you'll learn how they prioritize the features and development work to get the right product launched on AppSumo and how they generated positive buzz about the product. We also talk about how they've used Product Hunt, Captera, LinkedIn, and Facebook groups to grow sales. It's a great episode, jam-packed with tons of great insights and ideas, so I hope you enjoy it. Guillaume, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Omer. So... I always like to ask my guests what gets them out of bed, what inspires and motivates them. So what is it for you? Is there a a favorite quote that you can share with us? Yeah, actually, I mean, my favorite quote used to be just do it. But uh, after talking to you, it's now just fucking do it. (laughs) (laughs) JFDI. Exactly. I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So for people who aren't familiar with Lemlist, tell us about what does the product do? Who's it for? And what's the big problem that you're trying to solve? Yeah, so essentially Lemlist is an email automation platform that allows you to get more replies to your email prospecting. It's essentially for most sales team in SMBs and people trying to get more replies, whether they're doing, you know, like backlink outreach or sales outreach or any type of outreach by email, essentially. Okay, so why does the world need another email outreach tool? I mean, the market is already full of, you know, a lot of products that do exactly what you're talking about. So what was different about your idea that you felt that you could succeed in the market and there was a need for another product? 
Yeah, so essentially, like before I actually started Lemlist, I had a B2B lead generation agency where I was running cold emailing for a lot of customers, mainly like scale-ups and uh, enterprise. And when we were chatting with them, we realized that a lot of people are doing it the wrong way. They're not adding enough personalization to their outreach and hence their reply rate is really low. And we wanted to create basically a tool that will allow really advanced personalization to help people build better relationship and help people grow their business through cold emailing. So when I was checking, you know, at even all the content out there and all the type of tools out there, I couldn't find really any tool that would really push the personalization to a whole new level. And when I'm talking like personalization, I'm talking integrating video, dynamic landing pages, dynamic images, and so on. And once we were actually doing some tests with uh, with multiple customers, we actually had uh, amazing results. So then, you know, I, I found out my two co-founders and we we're like, okay, let's start doing something. And we saw that other people started having like really, really good results. And we built Lemlist from there. You know, I think that the personalization thing is is really important because a lot of the times people are like, apart from uh, just personalizing the name, they're not really doing anything else. Yeah. Right. And even worse, I've seen emails where they personalize the name and the name is in a different font than the rest of the email. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, honestly, I, I could probably start a new podcast called like how not to do cold email and maybe pick an example that I get in my inbox or spam folder every week. Yeah. And kind of analyze that. But um, so why did you believe that you needed sort of that advanced personalization in there? Yeah. So essentially, like when I was testing, like because like our customers, when I had the agency, they were essentially like all using our current competitors. And I wanted to add like extra personalization and I couldn't. So after building kind of our, our own tool, we realized that that could be something helping other people. And, you know, like I'm really against spam. I love automation, but I think that whenever you're doing email outreach, it's such a great way to to meet with people, build relationship, get business opportunities and so on that every time I see like a bad cold email and we all receive so many, I'm like, okay, let's help that person and, and try to bring them some reason and uh, a more advanced like personalized tool with more example because... For example, if you would type like cold email templates on Google, you would probably found out one of the HubSpot cold email templates that 1 million people is already using right now. So it's all the same copy pasting and they, they all look the same. Yep. So the first thing that you need to do whenever doing cold emailing is, is stand out. And to stand out, we, we figured out that adding videos and images could really like help you out. Actually, we did a, a research at Lemlist because we have more than 10,000 users all over the world. And we've analyzed more than 50 millions of emails sent out across those users. And we, re we tested like the different level of personalization. So we've identified essentially five levels of personalization from the simple first name up to advanced personalized video and a personalized sentence per uh, candidate. And we really saw the correlation between the number of positive replies we receive based on the level of personalization you put in it. Got it. And when you talk about personalizing images, I think there's a good example on your homepage where there's a picture of you in an email, embedded in an email, and you've got holding up a piece of paper and it says, Bonjour, Tina from Stripe. And then there's also like a Stripe logo yeah. on that image as well. 
Exactly, yeah. Dynamically, we can essentially insert the logo of the company you're reaching out to, the screenshot of their website, the first name, and all of this simply with the email address. Got it. Okay. So, okay, so you've got the idea, you see the opportunity. Your co you've got two co-founders. Yeah, two technical geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> so how did the three of you... What did you do next? So you've got the idea. Did you start to say, okay, well, I've already kind of been validating this with my lead generation agency and, and there's definitely a need and we should jump mm -hmm. into this or let's go and talk to customers or let's start building the product. What did you guys do? Yeah. So um, as I said, like they're really good at tech. So once I sold my shares of the agencies and then I, I was like, okay, let's, uh, they told me in two weeks we can have like a, a very ugly beta. So start selling it. <laughs> And essentially, that's what I did. So um, with the beta, I went to see like people. And after like uh, two weeks, I had like about 100 signups. So I was like, okay, we, we got something. And they were like really motivated to go the extra mile and start building a, a really cool product from there. So what were you selling? And so um, essentially, like with the beta, I was selling the outcome, which was more replies to your outreach. And the way I was onboarding users was kind of really like spending time, you know, like uh, in the, I would say like the discovery call and trying to understand their business well. And before giving them access, I would create a personalized campaign for them with also adding like personalization Im with images and stuff like that. So when they're on the platforms, they just have to basically upload some leads or prospects and, and just send those messages and see, see how it goes. So it was very risk-free for them. And uh, for us, it was really rewarding also. Got it. And, and you were doing this all with this, is that an official term, very ugly beta? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can call it like that, <laughs> our very ugly beta. <laughs> yeah, we have like MVP, but maybe you've also called <laughs> VUB, right? Very ugly beta, right? So there wasn't like a lot happening in the product at that time, right? I mean, how much, I mean, there might be tech geniuses, but like how much were they able to accomplish in a couple of weeks and and how did that live up to the promise that these people are going to get more replies to their outreach the thing is like the the basic functionality of creating an email sequence and adding a personalized images was there but the editor was really impossible to use for the images you need to be like a, a master in uh, <laughs> to have like a master degree in image edition to be able to master it so all of those things would have been really like uh, turning down our customers we knew it so that's why i was actually like building everything for them before they actually onboard and then you know based on that like a uh, kind of a plug and play solution i would say got it and how were you finding these people this sort of first hundred people that you got to sign up so there were like several several things so one thing that worked pretty well to get a lot of users very quickly is to go into communities where you know that your target is and uh, for example i knew a community where a lot of people are doing cold email outreach and uh, the things that i would do is post a screenshot of the number of replies i got from a specific template I used with a new approach, I would say. And then I would ask people to comment if they're interested to, to join the beta of the new software that allows you to get those results. So again, like selling on outcomes rather than products. And then like I had, I think, about 200 people commenting, interested, 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 interested. And I reached out to those people out of the 200, 100 decided to really like sign up and uh, so 50% conversion rate. And, and that was pretty, pretty good. Yeah. And what, were you charging them or was it just like a free? No, 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 no. 
to be honest, I would have feel like really, really bad to charge them for my very ugly beta, <laughs> but maybe I should have done it. But I don't know. I didn't feel like it. <laughs> okay. And so you got these people to sign up and how did that go? Was it a success? Was it a big failure when some of them were okay to launch a campaign with uh, with advanced personalization but they were really like unhappy with the user experience so the retention was really poor even though they kind of like the outcomes so they got better results and things like that but the thing is like the interface was like so bad and the features were really not there yet so everyone was like yeah it's super cool project we love it but guys i mean you're in a crowded market and you're lacking 90% of the features of your competitors. So like you need to catch up, <laughs> essentially. That was the message. Okay, so a lot of founders would take that feedback and say, great, that means we need to spend the next year getting those 90% of those features so we have parity mm -hmm. before we do anything else. What did you guys do? Uh, actually, at that time, uh, because we were making like a lot of noise with uh, all those things, kind of building like scarcity around the product and only onboarding people we used to, Absumo uh, decided to, to get in touch with us. And they essentially told us that uh, they were interested in, in launching our product on their platform in about like two months or something like that. So we just decided to say yes, because we're like fully bootstrapped. So with no external funding. Okay. At what point did this conversation with AppSumo start after you had shipped the first version of the very ugly beta? Oh, like three days after I made my post on Facebook on a few communities, I got an email from uh, Jeff at AppSumo who just told like, yeah, hey, let's book a meeting. Like you have a sexy product. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so I was like, wow. all right. <laughs> okay. So you, you guys have got like two months to get ready for this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that was actually pretty nice because we we're like, okay, we knew how it go. We knew like on AppSumo, it's pretty like wild i would say because you you're in front of millions of uh, entrepreneurs and agencies so you need to be prepared okay so how did you get ready for that and, and what did you decide you were going to do with the product so you were able to improve retention of people who signed up from from any appsumo promotion yeah so essentially like uh, with all the gathered feedback we had we decided to implement pretty much everything we had uh, just so we knew that we had like a, a product ready for people to use it. So implement like the key features that people were were listing. Essentially, like uh, when we divide features, we divide them with technical difficulty and marketing impact. So we decided that all the features that were with a high marketing impact and technically that they were pretty like easily done, we would implement them as, as quickly as possible. We also decided to actually prepare uh, some features that we will not push until the launch. Because when you launch an AppSumo, most people know that you are an early stage startup and that you're going to grow and they want to help you grow. Like most users are, are investing in your product long term. So they're just happy to see that you're actually doing something. So we prepared uh, a public roadmap where people could actually vote. And when we launched an AppSumo, some of the features were already built, but we haven't like put them live yet. And during the launch, when lots of people were testing the product, we were every day we were pushing a new version with new updates. So people were getting crazy with that because they were like, oh, that's that's product. It's, it's changing every day. It's amazing. The team behind it is great. Let's buy it, basically. Got it. So that was pretty smart, right? And, and how did you come up with that idea? Because you hadn't done an AppSumo launch before. Yeah. So 
how do you come up with the idea in terms of hey let's just try to develop some additional features and then mm-hmm. that will give us more of an opportunity to release these things over that period and it'll show that we're you know innovating fast updating the product etc yeah so essentially like i went through all the deal pages of previous launched and i realized like kind of a, a pattern of people always asking for more a lot of people were actually you know trying to know the founder i started basically to to understand who was my target and based on that i realized that when people were making changes or updating things during the deal people were getting like a huge engagement so i decided to do two things because what i figured out that was uh, lacking in most deals is that the founder was not showing himself kind of yeah it's a company owned by whatever name and then that's it so i decided to actually make uh, start making videos so a lot of videos to connect at a larger scale with uh, our potential audience explaining like hey guys we're like a french startup really looking to build the best email automation platform ever trust us we will do it but we need your help so really trying to involve them getting them involved in the project and then you know like uh, from what i could learn from other founders who have launched an appsumo like i i kind of build my plan and uh, and get ready for the launch essentially okay i love that that's a that's a great lesson there because you know it wasn't like you know you had some secret insight about how to do a successful appsumo launch that other people didn't yeah <laughs> like you went through and you looked at previous launches the comments on those pages what people had been doing what looked like what was kind of a successful launch versus not so successful and you know the lesson here is like do your homework right i mean that's all you did yeah definitely definitely so how successful yeah. mm-hmm. was was the appsumo launch oh, i was it was pretty wild <laughs> so in uh, two weeks we had like uh around like six or seven thousand uh, customers so in term of cash it was uh, something around like one hundred and seventy thousand uh, dollars in just two weeks so it was a pretty good start you know like we were <laughs> we're quite happy with it wow and then the AppSumo model usually is like you're giving them some sort of lifetime yeah absolutely yeah yeah so Probably not the best thing in terms of recurring revenue, but great when you're starting out in terms of helping with cash flow. Yeah, definitely. And actually we didn't, I mean, we did it for the cash, obviously, but not only like the goal was mainly to gather as many feedback as possible because we're a strong believer in the product and having so many users testing your product and be on your product all the time is just like pure gold because you receive like tons of feedback all the time and it forces you to be the best all the time you know yeah you, you also did a product hunt launch yeah mm-hmm. how did that go <laughs> it went also really well <laughs> so we ended up like number one product of the day and then uh, number two i think product of the week which was uh, so it drives also a lot of traffic uh, it's a great way to see how the tech community is receiving your ideas and uh, potentially product out of it actually i think we closed around like 50 to 60 companies as paying customers in this time in recurring uh, revenue, which was like definitely great, pretty high conversion rates uh, from product. And so we really like, uh, liked this launch actually. And, and what were some important lessons that you learned from that product hunt launch in terms of like, if you were doing this again, or if you were advising somebody who's doing a product hunt launch, like what are some of the most important things they should be thinking about? I think, to be honest, with launches, what I really value is uh, the community. 
So on our end, we built like a really strong community around our product. So whenever we launch something, because we're providing, or at least we're trying to provide a value, you know, on daily or weekly basis, when we ask a small favor to people, they were really willing to, to help us and really happy to help us. So the stronger your community is, basically the easier your product hunt will be because people will help you get the, the initial traction and initial boost. And if your product is great and your idea is great, then the community on Product Hunt will just like lift it up again. And and what form was this community for you at the time when you did the Product Hunt launch? Like, I, I know you had a Facebook group, but was was that it or were you just using an email list in the early days? Yeah, so we had we had actually both. The Facebook group was uh, with about like, I don't know, 800 to 1000 people. And the email list was much bigger. So it was, we did both essentially like posting the community on Facebook and at the same time, uh, send a newsletter to to all of our users. Okay, so the email list was basically everybody who had bought the product, so all your customers, everybody who'd gone through the AppSumo yeah. launch, people who's signing up for the product to try it out, whether they become a customer or not. Yeah. So you've got all those people. And then the Facebook community, how are you getting people into the Facebook group? So everyone who signs up to Lemlist is actually receiving like an invite to join the community. So we know they're Lemlist users. And on top of that, we sometimes do like um, we ask people to invite friends who would believe that it's uh, bringing value to them to join the community. And that way, you know, it's growing like pretty well organically. We haven't pushed it as much as I'd like to do it. Like we post at least a few times per week and then you have like a lot of user generating content. So people posting. But that's also one of the that would be one of the main focus in the I wouldn't say Q4, but maybe Q1 and as of Q1 of 2020, yeah. Okay. Were you also using Lemlist yourself to to do cold email outreach and find customers that way? Yeah, definitely. Actually, it's uh, I've got so funny story with that because essentially, like, um, you know, we basically, like, try everything we do because we love testing new things and, and different outreach approaches. Everything we do, we try to publish it and share it with our customers. And sometimes when I do outreach, I've got people, you know, like coming on calls and then they're like, yeah, I'm not sure like videos working well, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, what did I send you? And they're like, yeah, true. You sent me like a, a personalized video. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's this type of things where, where you can really like prove the value of your product by using it. And also at the same time, I think on the, on the product size, it's super interesting because I really like the, the product we built. But I also hate it at the same time because I know all the the little things that needs to be improved. And it's really a great way by using it. I, I definitely feel the pain of our users sometimes and always try to improve it. So that's interesting about the video because when I looked at the homepage, I saw the thing about personalized images, but I didn't see anything about video. Is that like a recent feature? Yeah, it's it's actually pretty recent. We're actually entirely redoing the websites as we speak. <laughs> so the new website should be live in a uh, in couple of weeks. Okay. And then in terms of like the outreach you were doing through Lemlist, how are you building the list? Like who are you deciding that you're going to focus on? Yeah, so we actually test uh, various verticals. I would say we have like five top verticals uh, using our product. So we have like uh, founders and startup owners. We have sales teams in SMBs and scale-ups. Then we have like uh, agencies. A lot of agencies are actually using Lemlist. Uh, so either lead generation agencies or um, SEO agencies. So for backlink outreach. And then we also have like recruiters and then inside sales. 
So based on the vertical, I was uh, doing, I would say, like a very different type of outreach, showing the value for each audience and trying to, to really like um, nail the personalization per vertical and also per persona. So I do customer profile. So give me an example of, let's just pick any vertical, it doesn't really matter, but yeah. one vertical and then what would that, maybe that first email look like in terms of the content personalization, in terms of the text, and then maybe whether it was an image or a video or whatever. So actually something that works really well, because again, like what we prone is really like the relationship building. I think in, in B2B, it's key to build relationship, you know, to start establishing your business. And as an example, I would say like um, I, I did a campaign targeting head of growth of scale-ups who have raised more than 50 million uh, dollars or euros. And essentially my approach was to send like a really quick first sentence. So like, hey, first name, was checking your LinkedIn profile and so that I would reach out with a, a quick video. Then when they click on the dynamic image, so this image would be like a, a frame with a play button, including, let's say, their company logo, a screenshot of their website, and maybe their name. Once they would click on it, they would go to a dynamic landing page with a video, a personalized message, and a Calendly integration so they can book a meeting with me. The video would say something, I was checking your profile on LinkedIn, really appreciate what you guys are doing. I think your growth must be amazing. My name is Guillaume. I grew my company from zero to 8,000 plus customers in less than a year. I'd love to exchange about growth and what acquisition channel is working for you. Let's book a meeting and have a 15 minute chat. That's it. So pretty straightforward, trying, you know, like to, to make it about relationship building, about like sharing best practices and tips. And most people are actually, especially like in scale-ups, happy to share what has worked for them and also trying to find ideas on what could work. So for us, it was a really like successful campaign. And I had like, uh, actually it was for lunch networking. So I was uh, going to meet a lot of people for lunch. And essentially I had like maybe like something around 30% positive reply rate on this campaign. Nice. And then was it turning at some point into a pitch? Like once the reply is like, okay, hey, you know, are you kind of turning it into a sales conversation or was it? No, initially, like it's, it's never, I, I never do that into sales conversation. I, I don't try to, to be like too pushy. So I'm, I'm just trying to understand if they're a good fit. So I'm trying to understand which acquisition channel they're working on. And eventually they've looked at what we're doing. And they've seen the value of Lemlist by just, you know, like the, the first outreach. So some of them are really straightforward and are like, okay, I like what you're doing. I want to try it. <laughs> so, okay, you know, you're like fair. And others are more like, uh, you know, discussing what has been working for them in outreach, what has not been working. And, and sometimes, you know, like they already have their process in place. They're using like another tool and they have like some key factors or key features that they, they really need and that we lack of. And then I'm like, it's okay, you know, it's fine. You can't, you can't please everyone and you shouldn't try to be hard selling. It's better, you know, to get insights on your target and try to understand better, like what their needs, uh, what they want, uh, rather than just trying to be too pushy and salesy. Okay. No, I really like that. I think uh, that's, that's another podcast show, what not to do after a prospect replies to a cold email. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I know you also used Captera as one sort of channel, marketing channel. Mm -hmm. And like any, if people aren't familiar with Captera, it's basically a site where you, you can find, you know, 
listings of different products and some reviews and things like that. And you can list your product in there for free. They have a paid advertising offering, which is kind of basically like Google AdWords in terms of is pay-per-click. You're bidding for placement. And, and basically it's not an ad, it's just in terms of the rank, in terms of the order where they'll show your product in the listings. And then you have reviews from people. So I know that a lot of people have had some success with, well, not a lot of people. I know several people who've had some success with Captera and using the paid advertising as a way to acquire customers. You didn't do the advertising piece, but it still worked for you. So tell us a little bit about how you approached Captera. Yeah, so actually Captera approached us because we started having like uh, quite a lot of uh, five-star reviews. And then they asked us like, hey, we the way we do things is like um, we can do a partnership where you will email your list and ask them to leave a review and we can give them Amazon coupon for the review if they do it. So it's like an incentive for our users to basically give a review. Uh, we have like, uh, I think more than 250, like five star reviews and something. And after that, you know, they ask you like, now that you have so much review, you probably want to show it to, to pretty much everyone. So you should definitely do CPC, you know, start advertising on our platform. And the thing I was not very confident with uh, using Captera is the way they categorize the software. So for example, they would put us in the email marketing type of software and we're actually much more of a sales automation platform and they don't really make the difference between those. So essentially like they would uh, ask us to compete and bet against like MailChimp, Howeber, um, Autopilot and things like that when all those tools are amazing, but for newsletter and marketing automation where our tool is really focused on sales automation. So it's a different target. So that was the first thing. And the second thing is uh, we preferred actually like uh, growing, you know, and uh, not spend a lot of on ads and CPC uh, just because, you know, we are having already like a really good growth without using those channels for now. And we actually use Captera in a different way and we used it as uh, a social proof on our website. So whenever people, you know, are wondering the use case or whatever our customers think about us, we just like show them the, the Captera page and they have plenty of reviews there to to watch. Yeah, I think that the Captera thing is interesting, especially what you said about the categorization, because I was looking at that recently, actually, from a conversation I was having with uh, somebody. And that was the one thing that struck me was, like, if you do the advertising route, you can't choose which category you show up in. You show up in the category that you're in. Yeah, definitely. Right? Mm-hmm. And if you're a product that's charging say $50 a month for you know your product and you're categorized with other products that maybe charge $5,000 a month and they're also advertising and bidding, then you're probably going to have a little bit of a hard time getting a decent ranking there, right? <laughs> yeah, you're going to lose for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, anyway, that's probably a separate conversation in terms of how, how to make the best use of that. But how did you get all those reviews Yeah, so I think because of the community for us and the way we always try to provide as much value as possible, whenever we ask something to our users, we don't often ask things, but when we do, uh, they tend to be like really happy to help. So every time we ask something, it it worked really well. Maybe actually like now that you're saying that, you know, maybe I should ask more more often for favors, you know, to our users. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, 
The other thing in terms of growth I wanted to talk about was LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me a little, before we started recording, you were telling me about what you've been doing on LinkedIn and what sort of views and responses you get to your posts. So tell us a little bit about that. Like what happens, how active are you? Yeah. What kind of responses are you getting to your posts on LinkedIn? So essentially I post between two to three times per week and my post gets between, I would say 10,000 to 200,000 views. So it's, it's a lot of wow. engagement. That's a lot on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I do a lot of videos there, even though like LinkedIn is not pushing videos. So your video get less rich, but I think it's more impactful. And what we want is create really a lot of impact when we share like tips and tricks around acquisition, email outreach, cold email, and so on and so forth. And essentially like the first step is really like to, to build your audience when you're on LinkedIn. So what we did is every person that signs up to Lemlist receive a personal invite from me on LinkedIn. So for those who are interested in, in maybe like replicating this, essentially it's, we built a script. So with first name, last name and company name, you do an advanced search on Google to find a LinkedIn profile. So you do essentially like first name and last name and uh, company name, uh, site.linkedin.com. And then, you know, based on that, you would find a profile and then you can automate the, the adding using like uh, any tool such as Phantom Buster, for example, to do that. And the response rate is actually great because every time someone signs up, he receives potentially a message. So I know those person are interested in email outreach, sales and growing their company. And based on that, you know, they are really reactive to the content I post. And that helps, you know, getting like the the initial traction and then growing your audience with that. So how many connections do you have on LinkedIn and or followers? Uh, it's uh, around like 12,000, 12 to 13,000. Followers or connections? Connections, I would say. Yeah, it's, it's wow. more or less like uh, it's very close. <laughs> wow. Okay. And you, you mentioned something about like a couple of hacks that you use. So I don't know how much of those are secrets or what you're willing to share, but... No, 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 that's, that's something I can share. Like, um, strategy is pretty straightforward. It's essentially, like, the way I see LinkedIn is uh, you need to provide as much value as possible. And then once you've done it, you can get a lot of traction out of it. So the idea is to post out of 10 posts, you would go with nine posts, only providing value and trying to engage with your audience. So with a simple question, for example. And then, like, the, the last post would be, about something you've done. So for example, what we did is said like we built the most extensive guide on how to find anyone's email address online. Uh, If you're interested in getting that guide, simply comment interested. And by doing so, people starting commenting and commenting. And the more you see people commenting, the more people are actually commenting. So it's like really like a, a virtuous circle, I would say. And then it gets kind of viral and some of my posts got like yeah, around like 200,000 views out of that. But the funny part about it is that that guide was not even, you know, in a league magnet format. It was actually the first article you can find on our blog. So <laughs> the next step was actually to message to all those people and send them you the, know, link like the, the, <laughs> the link to our blog. <laughs> but just because, you know, we made it as something, you know, you can get it for free but you need just to comment and it was a bit like scarce, you know, and very rare. People were just, uh, you know, like going after it and going for it. So it was pretty great. That's a nice little tip there. (laughs) Okay. So it's been like less than two years since you launched 
the business. Where are you guys in terms of revenue right now? So revenue right now, we're around like uh, six to 700K ARR. Okay. And growing at uh, between like 25 and 30% months over months. So we're, we're soon to the million. <laughs> uh, that's great. So if you sort of look back at the last two years, uh, less than two years, right? I mean, we've talked about, okay, you, you, you saw the opportunity. You had your co-founders build the very ugly beta in a couple of weeks, but it still did the job, the most important thing. We've talked about all the different growth strategies and channels that you use from AppSumo, Product Hunt, building the community, cold email outreach, et cetera, all of those things. And you guys have done really well in a very short space of time. But when you look back over that period, what's you know a mistake or a big lesson that you learned that you wish you had done differently? I would say that our biggest mistake was um, with the affiliates. So we, because of the community and the traction we were getting, we were like, okay, we can launch an affiliate program and it's going to work on its own. So um, we started like initially it didn't work. So I decided to invest a bit more time in the affiliate program. And after a while, I, I started seeing quite a lot of traction from the affiliate. So I was like, that's amazing, you know, because I love this idea of affiliation. It's like people bring you customers, you make money, they make money, everyone's happy, you know. But actually, I went to, when I was uh, on holiday in, in Sri Lanka, I checked on Google Lemlist and I realized that the first result was from, you know, like ads, so AdWords campaign. And we never ran AdWords campaign. So I was like, hmm, that's weird. So I clicked on the link and then I realized that it was an affiliate link. And actually, one of our affiliates was spending very few money, you know, on buying the Lemlist name getting like stealing essentially our organic traffic towards our website and getting like money out of it just by essentially like putting, you know, you when you buy your brand name, it doesn't cost anything, you know, because you're directing people to what they're looking for and it's it's very cheap. And this guy was having the exact same conversion rate as our organic traffic. So it was like, I was like, all right. And I only noticed that after maybe like four months or three months and then i was like oh seriously and to be honest i was like okay he's, he's smart and then i was a bit like annoyed and when i digged into it i i realized that some users were actually using the affiliate program to kind of like get a 30 percent discount because we were giving like 30 percent share uh, revenue and um those guys were essentially like connecting on a vpn creating a new account paying for that new account with the affiliate link and just getting like that 30% payback after a while, you know. And But it was actually like the same user who shouldn't use, a, you know, an affiliate link. So that was like very like uh, <laughs> one of our big mistakes. But, you know, it's a great learning also, you know. So. so do you still have the affiliate program or did you shut it down? We do it, but in a different way. So now we really like select carefully our, our affiliates and... We, we do it based more like uh, on trust. So we're going to give them access to, let's say, a link or whatever. Or if they say, like, we can bring you uh, bigger deals. So let's say teams of, I don't know, 15 to 30. Then, you know, we can start talking with them. Got it. Okay. All right. I think we should wrap up. Covered a lot of stuff here. And we're still running out of time. So I'm going to go into the lightning round. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to ask you uh, seven Quick fire questions. Are you ready? Awesome. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> okay. What's the best piece of business advice you've ever received? 
I think it's uh, be patient, you know, like running a business is a marathon, not a sprint. And that's so true. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? Uh, I really love the Predictably Rational by uh, Dan Ariely. Just because, you know, it's a, it's a great book to, to understand how people think. And even though people think, you know, that they, they make decisions based on their own choice, sometimes it's not the case. What's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful founder? I think grit and kindness. I think being like, yeah, understanding like the, the person you work with, being kind is, uh, is most often, you know, unvalued in business, but uh, still think it's really important. What's your favorite personal productivity tool or habit? I love Notion. <laughs> like seriously, Notion is such a great tool, you know, to build your growth experiments, manage your to-dos, uh, have an overall check on the team. It helps you save so much time. What's a new or crazy business idea you'd love to pursue if you had the extra time? If I had the extra time, I'll, I'll probably um, create something for analytics. I think like the, the current analytics platforms don't answer the need most people have. Like uh, Google Analytics is, for example, an amazing tool, but it's overcomplicated for most people. And most people get lost with Google Analytics when you could have actually like very simple dashboard for everyone. And uh, yeah. What's an interesting or fun fact about you that most people don't know? I actually got scammed in China by like Chinese mafia and I actually scammed them back and make money out of it. <laughs> so What? <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> another story. <laughs> yeah, you and I will have to have an offline conversation about that. Yeah. And finally, what is one of your most important passions outside of your work? I love spending time with my family, my nephew, my girlfriend, my friends. And, that's, uh, and I love sports also. So, yeah. Love it. Awesome. Great. Now, if people want to find out more about Lemlist or try the product, they can go to lemlist.com. And uh, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? They can either reach out to guillaume at lemlist.com. So most people wouldn't know how to write my name. So <laughs> you can just otherwise connect on LinkedIn with me and search for CEO of Lemlist. That's like the, yeah. the easiest way. <laughs> And if you want to know, Guillaume is G-U-I-L-L-A-U-M-E. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for Write that, that down. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Guillaume, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Great chatting with you. Great kind yeah. of, you know, really great digging into all of the really interesting stuff that you guys have been doing in a very short space of time. Congratulations on, on uh, what you've managed to achieve in under two years. And uh, I wish you guys all the best as you continue to work on and grow the business. Thanks a lot. It was really a pleasure to be to be here. And uh, thanks again. Yeah. And just for people who are listening, it's your mother's birthday today, and you're at your parent. Your, yeah, that's at true. your parents' home. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's time. It's probably a little late now. Anyway, they're in Paris, but it's time for you to get back to the celebrations. So thanks for taking the time to do yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot okay. again. All the best. Cheers.